Welcome to Passage to Wonderland, literary passages to complete your day. This is a story told by a daughter, Chidiogo Akunili Parr, who assumes her mother's voice in the book, I Am Because We Are. Her mother, Dora Akunili, believed in the African philosophy of Ubuntu, the importance of community over the individual. She battled corruption and misogyny in Nigeria and became a hero and inspiration. In this excerpt, nine-year-old Dora leaves her family and the comforts of the city to go and live with her grandmother in a rural village. It was odd to think that just that morning, I'd had breakfast with my family in Makodi. Just a few hours ago, I was in a very different world in which I had been woken and dressed by a maid who had also packed my bags for my trip. Shortly before the sunset, my uncle and his family departed, and it was just me and Ne seated outside, surrounded by the sounds of crickets. Nkem came the voice of Ne, calling me by my middle name of Nkem Delim. Bia Onwam, come, my daughter. She motioned for me to follow her into the small bungalow. We made our way up a short flight of stairs onto a small porch adorned by stone columns standing strong in front of windows with wooden shutters that flanked a wooden door of the same style. We walked through the door and down a short, narrow, cemented corridor. The sitting room was to the left of the corridor, and on the right was a closed door that led to the only other room. Once the short tour was over, we turned back towards the main entrance. Net pointed at what looked like a makeshift closet. Your mat is inside there, Inugu. You can sleep in the sitting room, said Ne in her matter-of-fact tone. And that, she said, pointing to a dark corner beside the corridor, is where we keep the clay pot for water and the iron pot for cooking. I wondered where the actual kitchen was. She spoke no word of English. Each word of her Iswofia Ibu was emphasized by eyes that didn't miss a thing. Salt fruits, and vegetables. We keep in the cold storage, she said, opening a little door in the wall to reveal a clay-lined cupboard. At this, she made her way outside again. The toilet, she said, pointing to a corrugated structure in the corner of the compound, is over there. Make sure you close it after use to prevent flies from coming. You can take your bath behind the palm fronds. She gestured to the left of the toilet at a structure made of four heavy squares of intricately woven dried fronds to provide privacy. And with that, she repeated, No, welcome, and walked in the quiet shuffle of a woman in her later years, back into the house and into her room, which seemed more like a small alcove with a large rosary hanging above the wooden door's frame. I followed slowly and sought out my mat a thin rectangle woven from the same dried palm fronds. Mosquitoes buzzed around, and I wondered how I would protect my flesh from their thirst with nothing but a thin wrapper as defense. I steeled my mind with the reminder that hundreds of villagers were thriving and slept under the same conditions. There was no reason I couldn't too.
I told myself. I hummed songs to try to distract myself to sleep. It was easier said than done. I tossed uncomfortably all night, unable to find sleep, alert to the songs of the mosquitoes in my ears and the discomfort of lying on the cement floor. And just when I was beginning to drift, the cocks were crowing and Ne was shaking me awake. It took me a few seconds to remember where I was. Who was this old woman looming over me, telling me to get up? Chia Bogu, the day has dawned, she said, oblivious to me still rubbing my eyes. Bia, come, let us pray, she added once I had risen, yawning and stretching. Back home in Makodi, we always prayed together as a family in the evenings, but less often in the mornings. I did not expect that prayers with Ne would last so long that my knees would start to hurt, or that after we said the entire rosary, we would continue on to include the litany and a series of prayers to a long list of saints. She finally made the sign of the cross to end our prayers. I vowed to be better prepared in the coming days, starting with finding a position that allowed me to relax like Ne, who leaned against her bed for support. As soon as we had risen, she began listing the tasks she expected me to carry out. She spoke quickly. In the morning, we clean both the home and our bodies, start with sweeping the house, push all the dirt outside, and once you are done, sweep the compound with the dried palm fronds. Please make sure you sprinkle water on the soil to prevent too much dust. When you are done, pack the dirt in the bush, you hear? I nodded. Satisfied, Ned disappeared to sit quietly in the front of the house, rubbing her chewing stick in a cleaning motion against her teeth leaving me alone in the backyard with broom in hand. Every day from that first morning on, I was tasked with sweeping the compound. Just one of so many chores, since my days were free with the school year in Iswofia not yet begun. Housework was divided between the home and the farm. Each day, even before the cocks crow, I had to go fetch water. This included a trek to the stream, which was about 30 minutes away. Upon return, and with the sun now risen, we always prayed together, after which I swept first the cement floor of the house and then the compound clean. The latter sometimes seemed like a fool's errand, pushing the red dust across the compound, imprinting in its wake the pretty patterns of the dried palm fronds, before the footsteps of man and of roaming chickens and ants returned the soil to its prior state. Only then could I have breakfast, and afterwards we would depart for the farm. There was never a lack of work waiting for us there. Initially, I was tasked only with uprooting and cutting weeds with a blunt cutlass, but I soon took over tilling the soil after Nick complained of back pains. It was no wonder, given the countless hours she had spent bent over hoeing the soil into mounds and heaps. In those weeks before school began, we farmed in the morning before the sun got too hot. In the afternoon, I had time to roam the village, allowing my curiosity to bloom, nurtured by endless novelties, like the way everyone stopped and asked who I was, then questioned me for details about Makodi, or the many paths that connected homes, farms, and huts across the village. In the early evening, after we had digested our lunch and the sun was less intense, we would return to the farm. 
I enjoyed learning about the different plants and their various preferences for the ground in which they made their home. I wondered if yam tubers would grow if the soil was not piled into mounds to suit their needs, or if the cassava needed to be planted in perfectly straight lines. Only when the sun started to sink over the distant hills did we make our way back to the house. The walk was not wasted, for it was Nez's designated time to teach me new prayers and hymns. Once home, one last task awaited me, fetching firewood. This was my least favorite chore, as it involved a short walk past farmlands into the dark, mosquito-infested interior of the bush, the deeper parts of which were filled with an ample supply of dried branches, sticks, and twigs, as well as snakes and scorpions that made their home in the dense foliage. Once I had enough wood gathered into a bundle tied around the middle, it was time for the walk home. Navigating dusk with firewood balanced on my head brought unique challenges, not least of all the fear that I couldn't easily twist away from an unexpected attack by an animal lurking in the shadows. Back home, it was time to make a fire in the heart of the compound, surrounded by three low stools, one for each of us, with a spare for any guest that might drop by. Ne cooked and I assisted in preparing the vegetables. The days we had chicken, which were too far between, were my favorite. I didn't mind at all having to kill the chicken, as Ne had shown me how. Hold the wings together, pressed against the ground, and cut its exposed neck from the front with a quick motion with the knife. The cut had to be deep and thorough, or else the chicken would run around, head hanging loose, shrieking in pain and fear. She also showed me to soak the chicken in scalding hot water, to soften the feathers before plucking. And once it had been stripped of life and feathers, it was time to cut its naked form into small pieces to be washed and prepared for cooking. We often ate in silence, surrounded by the sounds of the fire crackling, of frogs and crickets, of the night, which replaced those of the day. My last act before finding my mat was to take a bath to wash off the day a task that required filling a small bowl with water and retreating behind the coverage of palm fronds, cupping two hands together to pour water over me to wash off the white soap suds. Very soon, I no longer felt lost or out of place in the village. I also knew how long it took to get through most of my chores, that I might have time to explore the village or play with my age mates or, better still, read a few chapters of my novels, which were otherwise gathering dust. I liked to go to the village square, where I was always certain to run into a distant relative or friend of Ne. It was the same square that drew dozens and hundreds of villagers on market days to exchange news and goods. It was here that a small crowd watched young boys play football in an adjacent field, and men and women gathered in small and separate groups to discuss the latest matters of interest. Ne always attracted a small crowd of women, and I would watch from a distance as she commanded their attention, pausing intermittently to listen to a question or a comment that would inspire more talk from her. As I was not allowed in those circles, I could only imagine what was transpiring. In those months, I wondered if I was succeeding in becoming the chiseled, stronger version of myself 
that my parents wanted. Well, sadly, like many parents, I didn't have an Aswofia to ship my kids off to for a reality check. The title, I Am Because We Are, not only captures the fundamental notion of Ubuntu, the importance of community over the individual, but the spirit and strength of this unique memoir told by a daughter in her mother's voice. Today's passage was from I Am Because We Are, An African Mother's Fight for the Soul of a Nation by Chidiogo Akunili Parr, published by House of Anansi Press. Thank you for listening to Passage to Wonderland. Until next time, rest easy. Rest easy.